When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to bring you a 
discussion about separatists. That's right. <laughs> this is something that I think we've really taken a deep dive into, but we're going to in a bit. Uh, Joseph and I are going to dive into the separatists, you know, the villains of the prequels. But were they really? How bad were they? Maybe some were good, some were bad. There's a lot of things to think about. And as always, cool vehicles and ships uh, on certain teams. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, we want to uh, remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, of our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, we know a lot of you love them audiobooks. So uh, before we do that, uh, we like to catch up Star Wars Adventures. Yeah. Um, uh, Joseph and I got a lot going on. You had a very busy, fun time we're going to talk about here. I, I did. We did uh, a text with Jennifer this week about her Galaxy's Edge trip. Uh, uh, we're going to try to get her on the show with a phone call soon. So uh, don't forget about uh, Jennifer. We don't. She's part of this team. She's out uh, out for a little bit on uh, maternity leave. Uh, you guys can still tweet her and and, and uh, support her and and, and uh, listen to our Happy Beep episodes, Happy Beeps episodes as well. Uh, and if you if you're a newer fan and you, you you missed the Jedi beat, the show she had before Happy Beep. So we'll start tweeting out some of those or uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make a note to remind myself. Yeah, grab some links and uh, do, yeah. do some Happy Beeps and Happy beeps Jedi beat tweeting because uh, those things are timeless. Sometimes yes. we're like, hey, we've discussed <laughs> this single frame of film that is now not relevant yeah. three years later. But Jennifer's deep dives, they are yeah. always relevant. Ben Bird stuff, yeah. Katie Lucas stuff, it's all there. So uh, thinking of Jennifer, positive uh, thoughts towards her. She brings in a new uh, Padawan into this world very shortly. Uh, but Joseph, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. Eh, not a busy week for me. I mean, busy week <laughs> in other regards. Survived to... Uh, Fourth of July. Fourth of July, which was very calm. Watched a lot of Schitt's Creek uh, marathon. Did the yes. Strangers thing. I love Schitt's Creek. We are we are, yeah? in, we are in the middle of marathoning it too. Oh, We're just about done with season four. So, yep. I watched it, so I was a big season one, season two fan, okay. and then just kind of did one of those, like, oh, I haven't caught up, I haven't caught up. And so Grace is like, hey, let's yeah. watch this. Having a lot of fun. I think Daniel, I've grown up loving Eugene Levy and SCTV and everything, but Daniel Levy, I think, is just, I think, just brilliant. Yeah. It's a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, did the Stranger Things uh, oh, marathon. Nice, nice. And all those kind of things. But uh, other than that, it was just kind of, you know, laying low. You're the one out having fun <laughs> and doing crazy things. I did have a, a busy weekend. I went to the uh, big convention in Minneapolis I've been going to for many years uh, called Convergence, and I had just a ton of great, uh, fun Star Wars adventures. But the big one I've been waiting to, to reveal and talk about uh. on Force Center is uh, cosplaying General Hugs. <laughs> so my friend Wendy Bowlesby, who I've known for all the years of this convention, yeah. uh, she came up to me last year. She was actually one of the first people who texted me after we saw The Force Awakens okay. uh, and said, everyone is telling me that you look like like General Hux. I don't see it. And then like a day later, she's like, okay, I see it. I see you it. do. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a customer. So yeah. at last year's convention, she's like, I want to make you a Hux costume, but it would have like hearts and maybe some of it would be like red or pink and it would yeah. be General Hugs. So you know, I was like, cool. And she took my measurements as she lives in Texas. So then yeah. we communicated and worked on the design a little bit. And uh, I haven't done cosplay. I've, I've worn yeah. every weird thing imaginable for live performance. But yeah. it's a different kind of vulnerability to say, mm. I don't have any sort of fourth wall. Yeah. I'm just putting something on that people may or may not recognize, <laughs> yeah. may or may not think is cool. <laughs> And just walking around. It just getting a ride down to the convention center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just coming down the escalator like some weird junior prom of like, does anybody happen to yeah. get the thing that I'm doing? 
Um, and I had a very short time to do it because yeah. it's got to do so many shows, so packed, so fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when while I was on the escalator down, the uh, somebody was like, "What?" behind me right away. It's like saw the patch because we have yeah. a patch that has a little bit of the first order kind of energy, energy. but it's a big red heart in the middle. Right. right. He's like, "Are you General Hugs?" <laughs> I was like, "Yep, sure." Uh, yeah, and it was a bummer that I only had uh, so much time to do it because I ran into some friends right away and we talked, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, hey, would you mind if I hugged you for a photo?" And then everybody's like. Hey, yeah. I need a photo hugging General Hugs, uh, which, like, I realize is the perfect photo op. Is, uh, sorry, because, uh, is, is Convergence a cosplay-heavy con? Because I've been to some that aren't as cosplay-centric yeah. as you'd think. Yeah. 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 So Convergence is a, a kind of unique convention. It's uh, all of the activities are in one hotel, but there's mm-hmm. enough people that it fills multiple hotels. This is the first time I was in downtown Minneapolis. It's about okay. 6,000 people. It's the exact same sort of spirit and energy of Dragon Con, but smaller so there are a lot of room parties there are a lot of uh, live comedy performances <laughs> and there's an emphasis on yeah i don't we don't care what you love yeah you know if you want to come here and just do panels and cosplay about Shit's creek people go like that's cool yeah like it's it's totally that energy of creativity and fun and party yeah. so people are really excited to see general hugs and really, really embrace that idea of like uh yeah it's fun to subvert something that's you know, angry in the movie yeah, yeah. and yeah. and make it into something positive. Do you, is this now a, a costume you have? It's your uh, own? It is. It is. And I was going to see how it went. <laughs> and uh, and our wonderful friend Alex, Star Wars Explained, was like, you have to bring that to Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. I have some pose I'd like to introduce you to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I think I'll bring it to Dragon Con. I think that's got some potential to go uh, Star Wars Twitter viral there. I yeah. think, uh, I think this is a, it was a great costume. I saw the pictures. It, and, got, it uh, got a good response. So, yeah. 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 And Perfect. then uh, the Ham's Beer Bear is a story for another day. <laughs> Um, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just yeah, saw a couple pictures of you. <laughs> bear, bear is a bear costume. It's a bear costume. Drinking, a, yeah, yeah. Local, uh, it was a Minnesota beer that used a bear to advertise it. Oh, it's nice. usually a bear who fell in a river while drinking. It was a, which is why I fell in love with it. Is this is terrible. This is a Shit's Creek plot point. <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's um, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And then uh, other quick life uh, adventure update that I want to share with all our fun Four Center uh, friends is that uh, Adult Swim Show I work on, Tig Tone, oh, yeah. finally was officially announced that there's a second season. So I can admit that there's a second <laughs> season coming. So if you like Tig awesome. Tone, there will be more. That's great. More of your name on a billboard, please. I so. hope so. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Good work for you. Yeah, your picture is just uh you know, I know it's your home, not just your home con, so to speak, but your home state. And uh, you're, you, you, every picture seemed uh, adventurous and filled <laughs> with uh, questions and answers yeah. and more questions. So, a, Yeah, an embarrassment of riches of fun. So. Yeah, good for you. So, and I know you are taking San Diego Comic-Con off this I year, right? I am, yes. yes. We just want to say that so for, a lot of Force Center fans might ask, hey, is there some kind of meetup? Uh, Jennifer Joseph will be out of it. And technically, I mean, I won't even be attending the con. I'll be down there for comedy, and that's kind of it. So, uh, sorry for Center Fans. <laughs> we'll do <laughs> other meetups for sure. <laughs> Have a meetup in our honor. But yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of relaxing time for you this year. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted, I need some more time to, you know, uh, read books and write things yeah. to sell for money. And I need to take, I need to take one con off this year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to Dragon Con. So I decided to take a break from San Diego. Another feeling, man. Uh, we, you know, we're about ready to uh, dive in Alphabet Squadron, but I decided I'm going to take, I needed, uh, I, I'm reading that, uh, 
book One Dumb Guy, the, the, the history of uh, Kids in the Hall. Oh, nice. About halfway through it. And I just needed to not read about lightsabers and <laughs> spaceships and stuff just for about a couple weeks. And then Alphabet Squadron will be on my list. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. dig into that one soon. But yeah. All right. That's our update again. I'm the I'm uh, born. You're, you're living life to the fullest. <laughs> I'm home. I did play uh, Battlefront 2. Been streaming that more. Had had a hour 40 minute, maybe hour 35 capital supremacy. Oh, nice. Match. Did you win ultimately? No. <laughs> it was it was a stream. And I kind of had to go at an hour. Yeah. I, I was like, well, we're, we're oh. going to stick around. Yeah, we're going to finish this out. And then we lost. But I'm like, <laughs> uh, but it was fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. My heavy is up to 86. Oh, trying so hard. nice. Nice. He ain't heavy. <laughs> All right. We're going to go into some Star Wars news here. Uh, not a lot. Uh, I'd say it's quiet. And we should acknowledge couple late dropping things, some uh, Jonas Swatomo comments about episode nine uh, that it's surprising. Nothing that uh, surprised me, at least. I don't know if you had heard his comments. I kind of forgot about to mention that before the show. Uh, no, what, did he just say that there's some big twists? So, someone tweeted out something about what's a movie upcoming that you're wanting to see that's going to surprise you or some kind of film Twittery question. Yeah. And he just jumped in and was like, the one I'm coming up in that's uh, coming up <laughs> December. So yeah. naturally, that's a story. Uh, and then we understand here at Fort Center, there's some news, some leaks, some stuff going around with maybe some concept art or a scene description. Uh, I couldn't avoid them because it just popped up in my Google algorithm search oh, box. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's anything groundbreaking that would change it, but we're just we're not going to really discuss it here. Yeah, yeah, anything that gets into things that might be leaks or stolen info, I think. Yeah. Or just completely made up. But this yeah. one seems to, <laughs> it's one of those things, it could be legit. I don't really trust the site or the source, but uh, it's one of those like, well, I mean, yes, this isn't like your your chief chirp is a Jedi type of, <laughs> like, this isn't, like, get it. So yeah. uh, if you wonder why we're not discussing that, that is why. But let's dive into uh, more Daisy Ridley Ophelia press tour. It's Ray's <laughs> parents edition. The story's been going around, but it's our chance to really discuss it. Uh, we, in fact, this was taken, I think, from some interviews. I mean, eventually they all start to roll together because it's just press interviews. But uh, I want to highlight this one here. She, Daisy Ridley, talking about the parentage question being answered in episode nine. Ridley said, director J.J. Abrams did say the question is answered. So at the end of the film, you do know what the dealio is. <laughs> I love that so much. I do too. <laughs> you know what the dealio is. Because... I, 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 it might be a video interview, but I only read it. So maybe there's better context, but I put it in the context of her just going, you'll know what the dealio is. Just calm down. I love that. I read this under so many like headlines of Daisy Ridley opens up about Ray's parentage or Daisy Ridley wants to share. Like nobody wants to share what the dealio is. (laughs) They say that if they absolutely have to, you're like, yep. (laughs) Yep. I mean, the whole quote is, yep. uh, What he said months ago. That's what I'm saying. That's like, that's what the dealio is. A couple of years ago, JJ first said, and her. Yeah, we thought the answer was pretty clear in seven. Yeah, so it's good to focus on it. And I just, I do, I do love Daisy Ridley. <laughs> I think she's full with a lot of uh, personality um, and opinions, and, and love what she brings, and just love watching her around. She's a superstar, man, and uh, uh, she knows she's got to talk Star Wars. But also, hey, yeah. don't forget, I'm coming out in a feel ya. Um, Joseph, let's dive into this idea here. And yes, there are a lot of headlines and I get it. It, it, It's, it's not just for clicks. It's just an interesting conversation to say, all right, what are we going to get this answer of Ray's parents? So, you know, parsing out our words here, uh, the, the question is answered according to JJ. And we heard her say that we're going to respect what comes came Mm -hmm. before, meaning episode eight. 
where what are your mind where does your mind go right now with this yeah i mean to me it feels like the kylo had a part of the answer mm-hmm. and that is the truth that somebody her parents probably mm-hmm. sold her for drinking money yeah. that's n- that doesn't have to be the the whole story it doesn't mean that they weren't force sensitive it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that someone manipulated them to separate her so she would be hidden like yeah. there's still more plenty of story to tell and i think you know we talk a lot about the sort of wikipedia storytelling versus right. the emotional storytelling i think the story that's left to tell is a classic star wars story of who are ray's parents to her right why does she care who they are mm. what do, how does their identity yeah. propel her forward and make her say i will embrace that or i will reject that so i am choosing to be my own person What's, that's yeah, wonderful point there because you know I say often too, yeah, raised parents are important to her, but then I think in N eight she kind of learns, you know, maybe they're not, and might have to face a, a hard truth. Again, it could be Bob and Diane Palpatine, the yeah. cousins of a Nubian <laughs> senator who drop her off, and 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 what might be important is is what you just said. Okay, cool, uh, and I'm tied to a great evil. I'm leaving that all behind. Yeah, because what's supposed to what i'm supposed to be drawn to is what's in front of me yeah like maz told me <laughs> yeah or if or if somebody had been trying to manipulate my yeah. fate boy does that make mm-hmm. me resolve to be you know what i will take the power i will take the responsibility and i'll shape my damn destiny thank yeah. you very much yeah what was that the answer for do 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 we think what maz said is what jj's referring to because we don't think we ever got that straight direct answer it's JJ in his mystery box, but he said no. I thought that I thought in the end of the by the end of episode seven, it was pretty clear who her parents were. <laughs> so that's the only spot. And, and we had a lot of fun, and we did it here. We did it everywhere, and it is fun. So we're not we're not saying don't do it. But when that stuff came out, it was like, oh, Han looked at her weird. Uh, Leia knew. Uh, you know, all yeah. these. We looked. We freeze framed and back into the left. Back into the left. Yeah. But it might have just been Maz going. Don't look behind you. There's yeah. no answer there. Yeah, I think that J.J. Abrams set up, uh, and you know, and frankly, Lawrence Kasdan with mm-hmm. his scripting mm-hmm. in uh, Force Awakens set up very well a classic Star Wars question about lineage and about how much does who your parents are determine who you are, how as much does the past matter, how much does the future matter. Mm-hmm. And I think because J.J. Abrams is associated with mystery boxes, that it, the film was read as a little bit more of a mystery I think that it was probably intended. I think it was a right. pretty much like emotionally, everything that's important is on the screen. Yeah. But what I'm hoping now is that JJ always had a little bit more of an idea of who her parents are and how it might m- matter to her. And it doesn't fight with anything that Ryan Johnson did. Because right. the key thing to me is I think it was celebration where he just said there, or maybe it was another interview somewhere. He said, yeah, there's more story to be told. Not I'm going to fix the story. Yeah. Not I'm going to answer the, who did it question who made Ray <laughs> <laughs> what room did they make it in with what kind of wine it's not a freaking game of clue you know it's not yeah. about the mystery it's about what it means to Ray and and you know we still focus on this and it's still a focus and I get it and I I don't ever you know I guess it can tend to t- tend to be grumpy on my part I am like Hopper after all and Stranger Things get a little grumpy um <laughs> Like going to Kylo's helmet of uh, him rebuilding. We talked about it before. I'm not going to remix it completely here, but just oh, he's rebuilding it. Oh, that's retconning. That is not. That's not the correct term. Like you just said, it's it's the next chapter of the story, the next part of the saga. And 
that's Kylo's journey. I'm going to rebuild what everyone told me to take off. Yeah. Uh, so Ray going, oh, my parents were nobodies who sold me off. Uh, you know, there is, that doesn't stop there. And that doesn't mean it's a change. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a flip of the page. Yeah. So um, that said, let's have a little fun. What are, what are some realistic options uh, if it is to be connected, whether that matters or not? Do you want that? Do you need that now? Uh, Oh, did something more? Yeah, do again, Bob. I could say Bob and Diane Palpatine, but maybe there is something there, or maybe yeah. it's uh, you know nobody still. I don't yeah, know. to me, this is a total speculate responsibly of be mm-hmm. of be open to yeah. whatever. And I think totally. whatever makes the best story for Ray, whatever makes Ray's story dovetail with the overall tale of the Skywalker saga, is what's best to me. I would be mm. totally open to. Yeah, those were your parents, but you were born of the Force, and like. That's your your mom who biologically gave birth to you, but that's not that's just yeah. some guy right. uh, for her parents. That I her parents, I'd be fine with it if her parents were force sensitive, but never yeah. used anything. I would be fine if it was some, you know, manipulation by some evil force, Palpatine, whatever the dark sure. side itself, to get her into the place she, she needed to be. All those things. All that matters is that it is flowing in the story, in right. that it it celebrates the character and the ideas of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. That's what I, I wouldn't, if, it, if she was Greedo's kid and that made sense, I'd be like, right. Great. Yes. If that celebrated the story, I don't care about the answer. I care about how well the answer works. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. We're definitely, it's, that's kind of the four center page we're on here. Yeah. And if I had to choose one legacy name, I'd still be excited by the prospect of Palpatine or the family of Palpatine in some way. If she's connected, not only you, you're connected to the story, you're connected to the biggest evil in the story. That might be a problem for you. And how do you rise above that? These are all things. But again, the execution, which we hear a lot about, it's all about the execution. Yeah. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. And being open to how it connects to the story. So thank you, Daisy. Good luck with Ophelia. We'll see you in December. <laughs> uh, this is a headline here, the Jedi Fallen Order lead character options. And would we want an alien? Uh, Respawn Entertainment game director Stig Osmussen. Now, full disclosure, he's actually really good friends with uh, a Longtime friend of mine. Oh, yeah. uh, and I've been trying to we maybe see if we can do a little conversation. Ooh. I don't know if he's allowed. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Um, a weird connection. The, my old work buddy who I co-own a fantasy baseball team, their kids <laughs> play on Little League together. So uh, I don't only want to say that at, at a full disclosure. Um, but Stig Osmussen talked about the choice to settle on, on, on a male lead character, Cal Kestis. Uh, I, am I saying that right? I think Cal, Cal Kestis? Kestis, yeah. right? All right. Yeah. Um, and the decision was made during what I'm, I'm calling, this is my term, the, the rise of Ray and the fandom. I think uh, the, the development of the game it seems like maybe after Force Awakens, but around that time, uh, Iden Versio, and, all, and I'm not saying, it doesn't sound like Stig was saying, ah, we just figured let's get another guy in there. We're just like, hey, let's we got Ray, let's maybe go this direction. Yeah. Um, but he kind of talked about how an alien character was was discussed and that, that might be something that he would want um but they felt uh that the general audience would not connect with an alien character so that's a big question we want to talk about uh do we want a game or story fronted by an alien character because we have heard that before and i have that I received that question here but where are you uh after reading the story joseph uh, do you want greedo's son leading this game <laughs> yeah i really want an alien i think yeah. uh i think that's the most exciting thing about this mm. uh the gender stuff um I don't want to say the dark side clouds. I'll say the ambiguous side clouds yeah. all of that for me because, uh, you know, on one hand it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, we, we had Ray, we had Jen, we had Aiden. So yeah. Like, yeah, let's balance it out. There's a part of me that just fears that 
I don't want this to be about the video game industry. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it's not deflection to right. feel like we need to have a male because because of the video because the, the, the video the, games won't sell unless we have demographics of the uh, yeah, stereotypical yeah, yeah, gotcha. male power fantasy and and a specific kind not right. all gamers but a specific kind of yeah. male gamer might get really angry and like I hope it's not bowing to that pressure right um, right right yeah so th- that's all I'll say about that um, but the alien yes yes please I I I, I think everybody wants mm. not everybody i think so many people are excited look how great shriv was is there any reason you wouldn't want shriv from battlefront 2 to be the lead character in a video game that's like, a good point i understand if you if you suddenly introduce like turns out there was a hut who was a padawan and it's the, <laughs> the screen mechanics are a little <laughs> weird and around. not exactly sure how to make the lightsaber worth yeah mostly got in in his mouth or the hair mouth or their mouth uh but like, yeah, anything that is a little bit more Rodian, Twi'lek, Duros, sure, why not? Trandosian, who cares? Yeah, that's an interesting. Th- that's you kind of Shriv's a great little pushback to my personal. I don't necessarily want an alien lead character, and that seems, and I don't know why. I okay. don't know why. <laughs> I, I'm just going even even for movies and everything. Yeah. I'm like ah no no no, and it's just some subconscious and male female doesn't matter, but just like because I love, love playing Iden, love. To, you know, uh, you know, Mass Effect Two and Commander Shepard. Yeah, I, I, I so I, I'm, I'm questioning myself. On, okay, because you throw up Shriv, and I'm like, oh god, I, yeah, Shriv is like one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Blacker Santon's one of my favorite ex- yeah. characters. Um, would I rather, you know, uh, have some generic uh, character I can mold, or would I rather play as a Wookiee bounty hunter? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm maybe trying to represent the people who are like, no, human, <laughs> and like. Pause. Press pause. Uh, I I I think I I think in the end I would connect to it. Yeah. And my and my silly uh, oh I get, definitely don't want to be Panda Baba. Yeah. Would go away. I yeah I th- I think part of it for me is like I I don't need to have the character look or be mm-hmm. anything like me to invest in the fun, right. power and narrative fantasy of of being a character. You know. Right. Um. This, I, yeah. I, I was just as invested being Aiden as I am anything else, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, so I don't need it to look like me in any way, including the, the fantasy of Star Wars, you know, uh, yeah. creatures, aliens. Um, I also think that there's that in the larger Star Wars uh, world of the nerd bubble that we in Force Center lives in. Right. We know these alien characters. We respect them. We want them to be featured in large narrative ways. And in movies and television shows, they're probably it's still probably a ways away from having mm-hmm. a huge multi-million dollar Star Wars movie with a Wookiee as the main character <laughs> because there is a little yeah. bit more divide. But we in the nerd bubble love these characters. So I want to see these properties that get supported by the nerd bubble where we want to take the aliens and creatures mm-hmm. as not just fun background weirdos or sidekicks, right. but make them the main character. I want to take those opportunities when we can. I th- Yeah, I think that that's... That's uh, I think in the end I would come down on that side because again once it got rolling I don't think I'd care, you yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, I'm trying to think. You know, obviously Red Dead Redemption it's it's a character that even sounds like me when I wake up in the morning. That's it, you know. But when I play sports games, I and I create players. Not all, you know. One of them might look like me. Everyone, if the other fifty I waste my night creating don't look. So, but I do have again even even in hearing a like like a Disney Plus series. 
uh, I'd be I no problem with it. And, and I do agree the general audience would would not connect. Maybe, maybe, and you have to be worried of that. But what you're saying is like, hey, when we can, let's take those shots and let's see. Because we also, much like any other kind of different casting choices, we if we don't see, we don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, again, I'm I'm totally admitting to being like, no, why would I be Shriv? Oh yeah. wait, but Shriv's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like you know, look at this. Ahsoka was a main character. That's I mean, cool. she had yeah. Obi Wan and Anakin and Padme as like the human characters mm-hmm. uh, to support her. But honestly, if they announced like, yeah, screw it, the next animated series is Ahsoka, nobody be like, can an alien handle their own series? <laughs> like, no, that's, she's that's, one of the most popular characters in Star Wars. And that's true because I don't, I don't see her or, or Maul, different yeah. species. We know, uh, <laughs> as, as, as a classic yeah. aliens, you know? Right. And uh, maybe because I speak basic, I don't, but it's like, <laughs> it's the joke. I push back. No matter what you think about Holdo, throw that out. But just, uh, I love Admiral Ackbar. I love Admiral Rattus, but I don't know how many scenes you can have in a movie of him going, I am, well, thank you. Like, that gets, I don't know. I don't know if it works. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you could. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation, but because we, we, over the years, I think we've, we've, we've received this question of hey, a series based around. Yeah, I think that's perfect. It's, you know, because the character, some of them are designed on screen as character actors that you can right. only handle so much. And some are designed as lead characters. And Ahsoka is a lead character. Mm-hmm. And Akbar is, you yeah. know, a character actor type thing. You're right. You yeah. can't have him be like, uh, you can't believe the sun out when you can't see it. That's a hope. Like t- take some of the punch away from the, uh, come again. <laughs> what about the sun coming out? Where the hope? <laughs> what are you talking about? Akbar? But it's also true. You say we come obviously with Akbar. people grown to love this character. Right. And in a comic book, even in episodes yeah. of clone wars, he's a lead character. And that's, that's why we do have fans who like right. wanted more because in other mediums they're yeah. elevated. And I think in video games, it could work more than any other medium. Yeah. Uh, that could be the one. So, uh, well, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order out October. We will start playing. No, November, right? November. But Triple Force Friday's October. Ooh, there's a lot of things <laughs> coming up. Uh, that weekend of November 12th. Uh, put yeah. the put the phone off the hook if you remember those. Uh, we're we're gonna have a lot of Star Wars between Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. Final uh, news story of the day. It's an old one, but it's back in the news. Uh, you know, Luke Skywalker didn't yell "Carry" at the end of New Hope, <laughs> uh, though that's been an urban um, legend and a myth that's uh, hovered around it. And yeah, if you listen to it and you and you want to hear it. Yeah, I think you can hear it. But Mark Hamill took to Twitter, as he often does, to dispel that myth, saying, uh, explaining in a little more detail that it was a, 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 a VO, an ADR, a line recorded later, and it was kind of cut off. Uh, I think he said uh, she was the last kind of phrase and syllable. Uh, and then George kept that in. And yeah. It just kind of sound, sounded carried. He was like, there's no way, even joking, George would not have let me say that. Yeah. yeah. And even if he did say it, which this isn't what Mark Hamill is saying, but even if he did say it on set, why would they go back and ADR that? ADR that like, time. hey, remember when you accidentally yelled Carrie instead of Leia? Let's let's ADR that. That sounds pretty funny. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a part of it. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. think what uh, Mark Hamill is saying yeah. that he was saying, there she is. Yes. They, they only recorded, there she. Yeah. Which there, sounds like Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah, I was trying to bring up that. Wait, I didn't have a link. Um, did you ever think this was the case as a kid? I'm going back to when you were a kid. I, when I was a kid, I don't think I tried to interpret what it just sounded like. Ah! Yeah. It just sounded like yeah. that whole thing is like bubbling with barely able to sp- speak 
you know, yeah, joy. <laughs> F, we're alive, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I never, I, I didn't hear that rumor until I was older, and then it's like, oh yeah, it does sound like that, huh? I think I was teens when it really started to to come into play because I think that's when you started connecting with larger schools for me, high school. So you met more new people and new fans and hated you here. And then I went back and, and probably put in the, the VHS or an early uh, DVD copy and was like, uh, oh, yeah, I hear it. And then I remember thinking, ah, that's impossible. There's no way. <laughs> There's no, There's no, no way. way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Do you have any other Star Wars kind of urban myths, urban legends, uh, uh, about the films or behind the scenes stories that you loved? I mean, all the back and forth has finally been sort of locked into actual yeah. knowledge, but all the back and forth about Boba Fett's rocket. His fi- the, the toys oh, firing the toy, rocket. Yes. Whether or not he had it, whether or not it, it, that mm-hmm. was the real, like, no, no, no. I have a friend who had one. Yeah. I saw it. <laughs> I launched it into my mouth. <laughs> like, I choked on it. I choked spit on it. Up. it. Yeah. And like, yeah. and someone's like, oh, no, they were never produced at all. And, you know, the various uh, versions of what is the truth that the, yeah. they were, prototypes were made, but they were not sold. Cut out. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I really gravitate towards the Wookiees were supposed to be in Return of the Jedi, which is not entirely correct. And it's not entirely incorrect from a certain point of view it's it's early drafts new hope kind of stark luke star killer yeah. stuff but that was one of those first facts you said <laughs> to other friends did yeah. you know the ewoks were wookies until the last minute like nah, not entirely true yeah and it's I've, i love getting i do love getting the facts and it's part of what we do here uh but it was uh, you know i used to love telling those stories <laughs> yes <laughs> the more simple romantic times the simple romantic times so that is the news a long look at some of those headlines lines there uh, more in the way uh, before we dive into our main uh, topic we want to do our fourth center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out and uh, joseph we got one i was just talking about with some other people the other night yeah i mostly just recommended this one because it has a little bit of the sort of remnants of the clone wars mm-hmm. uh, so it relates to our main topic but it's about a character we love just mentioned her ahsoka mm-hmm. by ek johnston there's some really great and interesting and important canon stuff in that book Great stuff. Uh, I was, uh, I was oh, I, so I, I had a little, got a little field trip up to Sideshow Collectibles with a, a mutual friend, Jeff May. I think you know yeah. Jeff. Boston born and bred and Boston loud and bred. I love Jeff. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, our tour guide, Mel, uh, was, is kind of a newer Star Wars fan. And I was, was having this great conversation about what got you in. She's like, well, an old boyfriend showed me the original trilogy and I didn't really take to it. And the prequels came out and I, she was, I actually didn't have expectations. So I kind of liked them more than people, but yeah, there's just a lot of hubbub. She goes, but this, the Clone Wars cartoon popped yeah. up and Ahsoka. And she, and she goes, that, that's my character. And, I, and she goes, I, I think of reading, there's a book and I go, Ahsoka, but you get Johnson. She goes, that's the one. I'm like, you have to read that. Yeah. You have to read that. It's so good. So if you want to listen to Ahsoka, if you want to listen to it again, uh, read it or hear it for the first time, download your free audiobook today and go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. It's on us there. Uh, we're going to tell. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've been to what we're saying is celebrating the separatists. I love that topic and title, Joseph, because it's something we, uh, we here at Four Center haven't really taken that deep dive into. Yeah, yeah, and I chose uh, celebrating because there is, uh, there is, I think, a lot to celebrate, and it's a question of whether it should be celebrated or not. Yeah, which is what is fascinating about the separatists, um, because some of them are explicitly bad guys. Some yeah. of them are Sith who kill people. Uh, some of them are pawns, and we don't really talk about them as a group. We talk about the mm-hmm. Sith manipulations. We talk about Dooku or Grievous or Asajj's journey to to leave that world, but we don't really talk about them all together as a faction, the way we right. play them in Battlefront 2, <laughs> yeah, which is frankly why I got why this you got this going on. Yeah, yeah so That's I want fair. to talk about some like big picture th- uh, things of them as a faction, but then also just some like which ones do we like? Who's cool? Right. <laughs> uh, who has the best noises? All that kind of fun stuff. So uh, just to get us started, Ken, when you think of the separatists, who or what do you think of first? It's so interesting. I think of, and we're going to talk more detail, I think of Dooku. I think of, I think of Wat Tambor, Sandhill. I think of Attack of the Clones. Okay. They're more form there, right? I But Newt Gunray, uh, and I guess you could... 
guess you could argue, were, were the, would, would you say, hey, the Separatists were present in Phantom Menace? Not really. It, it comes with Dooku and Attack of the Clones. This is one of the things, is I think they yeah. they are just such a... We're used to, like, it's the Rebellion, and it's the Empire, right. and this is just... Or the Jedi and the Sith, and this is such a... The, the faction is a buffet yeah. of different people with different <laughs> motivations representing yeah. different things who are all sort of stitched together. And like, it feels like Dooku came along and was like, look at these ingredients. I'll make an evil sandwich <laughs> of things. They don't have the cohesion. It's an all-you-can-eat salad bar, and I love what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's why I wanted to start with, like, who do we think of? Because, like, mm-hmm. just sort of faction-wise, oh, you, to me, like, I see the battle droids, because that's that's the war. That's the what the, right. the clone boys are, are, are fighting is, you know, the clankers. The clankers. Uh, but then the Nemodians, to your question, is like, okay, well, they're one of the true motivations, just mm. greed. Yeah. But then we know we get to see a couple of people like the, you know, the Bonteris, uh, Lux and Mina, and we get the, mm. uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them, Cassian. We get, we get the implication yeah. in a few direct things in Clone Wars that there's a lot of people who are just like, hey, I am actually legitimately extremely upset with the government and yeah. will like to not be involved anymore. So there's all those different things to form it. Mm. So to, to answer your question then, and I'm glad we clarified, I, I definitely, I feel by tactical loans, it is a team, a buffet yeah. team. And, and I that's I, I think of that meeting on that Geonosis. Council, yeah. I think of that when, when someone says separatist. The separatist, yeah. Because yeah. it, it is presented in Attack the Clones of like, well, if we can get all of these people on board, then we really yeah. got something. And, and, and to those listening, I totally understand. Like, it, it's, it's probably... I don't. I don't think the term separatist is used in Phantom Menace. That's not my question. Yeah, I'm just saying. When did it begin? And when did Dooku go? Oh, okay, we're learning more about Dooku's story, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's my end. Long yeah. winded answer, but that's my that answer. the actual separatist yeah. council. Yeah, yeah. I think I immediately do. Uh, visually, I see the battle droids, and what I think of, mm. kind of in the big picture, is all sorts of different bad people manipulating people with legitimate beef. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, such a powerful and interesting Star Wars story of the people mm-hmm. who are like, yeah, the government isn't working. Oh, and the Trade Federation is going to help us out, but they're clearly doing it absolutely just for greed and power. Right. And then even more on top of that is like, well, the Sith just want us to devastate the galaxy yeah. for them. For them. <laughs> so they can. And then even within that, you know, what is, we yeah. talk about the, all the other leaders. So uh, yeah. that that's what I think of as that powerful story of, legitimate complaints manipulated horribly. Right. Including those poor battle droids. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you just mentioned this, but uh, the attack of clones, when they really do form, what was your first reaction when you saw the movie and you realized that the separatists were, they were a faction, but they were an absolutely uh, 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 created faction, a manipulated faction. Yeah. And, the the war between the separatists and the clone army that everyone involved were just pawns of Palpatine. What was your reaction to that? I'll tell you what. I, I it was a it was a bit of a journey. Um, growing up, waiting to hear what the Clone Wars were. Right. Yeah. We we know this from watching New Hope. I had a different expectation. We've talked. This is why we have speculate responsibly stickers and T shirts that you can get at T Public, folks. Um, <laughs> that's that's that was going back to then of my expectation of the Clone Wars being something else or that the Mandalorians are supposed to be involved, okay? Because, I, uh, you know, that's another playground legend. Yeah. And, and there were some things I think George did talk about. Boba Fett, you know, was uh, an armor of the Mandalorians that fought the Jedi. This is something you heard yeah. about. So 
I think initially I was a little let down, um, but I love it now. But then it started to grow. Uh, by the end of Sith, I was I really like, I love the character Palpatine, so I love what he's doing with it. I yeah. love this, like, shadow war, creating his own war to rise to power, and I, and I only later on, when you really slow down, do you start to learn more about what you're talking about is this group might, all right, we can understand what you're saying, but you've really got yourself inflamed up by this guy who over here. And then it becomes a very interesting kind of take on the quote, bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But initially I will say, initially I was like, Oh, this is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want, I want Mandalorians. Yeah. I was sort of the opposite in that. I would have taken Mandalorians, but uh, yeah. I, was, I was happy. Yeah. Jango Fett. Um, I think when I first saw it, to the best of my recollection, I think I thought it was really, really cool that Palpatine had orchestrated the whole thing and right. that both sides were fighting for him, both factions were fighting for him, and just how I think I liked the contrast of how ambiguous that made all sorts of different people's motivations mm-hmm. uh, compared to the original trilogy. And even going back to like sort of the weird reversal of the original trilogy where I grew up my entire life with stormtroopers are the villains. Mm. Now the clone troopers right. are the heroes in the stormtrooper armor, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But over time, what I've thought is I think the reason that we don't celebrate or get as much storytelling from the separatists is because it sorts, it muddies them as a faction. Mm-hmm. Their ideology is unclear. Because what we as the viewers get to see, particularly in the films, is just what the Sith want. Right. We don't actually get to see. We get to see what the Sith and a couple greedy corporations and conglomerates want. But we don't get to see the people mentioned in the crawl. Right. You know, the thousands of systems. That's why it's. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and that's why it's fun to, to uh, later on when you start taking that dive into it. it it's some, uh, this might be a little off uh, off topic. Same same ballpark here. But when you just said too about the clones, oh they're oh they're the good guys. I think that was the other thing I had too. For no reason, I grew up thinking the Jedi or what were the rebel rebels in the rebellion in the old days were fighting clones, meaning the clones were the bad guys or yeah. something like that. Um, and so that kind of threw me for a loop too. And it just you made me think about that too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't. Know, it wasn't like ah, flip my popcorn yeah. up and leave. But I was like, <laughs> I thought they always fought the clones. And uh, you thought the Republic fought the clones. Yeah. 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 The, the the thing that was weird for me was I don't know where in, in my life this got into my head, but when I heard the Clone Wars, I assumed it was a war over the whether or not one should clone. Clone. You know, because you know, to uh, me, it yeah. just sounded like the you know uh, uh nuclear yeah. war of like eh, should yep. we be using this i guess nuclear war is when you fire nuclear, nuclear. weapons <laughs> but you take my point uh so the yeah. fact that it was just like i feel i felt like it was yeah. a one-sided war of like well this whole thing is clone wars uh one side already won the propaganda <laughs> war because it wasn't the cloid and clone and droid wars yeah just the clone, clone wars. wars yeah interesting interesting <laughs> uh Anyway, so with the with the benefit of time here behind us, uh, how do you feel about the Separatists as one of the major factions in Star Wars? Are, are you like a Separatist fan, or do you feel like your love of them is lessened by the fact that their ideology is muddied? It is. It is. Um, as I always joke, you know, I have I have my Empire baseball hat and I have my Imperial toys. And, yeah. And they are more of a team. I keep using the term team to make it, you know, my example here. But so the separatists are, are muddy and I enjoy that more. But I still, even in this discussion, I don't view them as a one, 
even though they have leaders, even though they have insignias and armors and yeah. the Confederate, uh, you know, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, they have every, they have all the business cards that they yeah. need to show <laughs> me that they're a team. I still look at them as this scattered kind of weird thing, which I act. Now I love more than anything. Yeah, um, I I'm so interested in finding out the internal struggles of the first order, and I think it comes from this, uh, where I still to this day don't uh, even on battlefront. It's like a resistance first order, uh, rebels, empire, uh, clone troopers, and uh, you know a bunch of guys together like some robots. You yeah. know, so I, yeah, I'm just saying that. And I, but I but I love that. Other people might not want that. Maybe and and they are unified in in, in oh yeah in, in, in a way. But again, they they have the stationery to write the letters on. But um, I I don't uh, I, I I really do. I'm just find it Dooku and all that stuff really interesting. Even though I think they're they're scattered a bit yeah, yeah yeah i think i just i find them more and more intriguing over time yeah i mean i think the the thing is that you look at the uh prequel trilogy and the villains are the jedi versus the sith mm-hmm. and the separatists are only there as the manipulation of, of just all of the people that the sith have tricked that uh that's but, a big point there too the yeah. sith are kind of the, bad guys. the sith are the yeah. bad guys and you can say that about the empire too but yeah. the you, in M- yeah, true, yeah. in the original trilogy, you get to see a bunch of rank and file true believers. Yes, and like I don't feel like if somebody pulled Admiral Piet aside and said, "Here's uh, Palpatine's true face. He's in you know horrible uh, dark ma- magician." I think Piet would be go good. Better to bring order to the, like yeah. So they feel like they're all pointing the same direction. Whereas if you you, yeah. you pull Newt Gunray aside and go. By the way, Dooku is a Sith Lord, and he has, he's going to yeah. kill you, you know? And now there's two of them. Now there's two. Yeah, like, obviously, they know what a Sith Lord is. Yeah. They know they're working but, but yeah, with the Sith, w- but they don't, yeah. they don't understand that it's like, yeah. yeah, we're not doing this so you can have a better profit margin on hyperspace lanes. Right. We are using you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so all of that makes it just... In this world where we get to have more complex storytelling, where we can put these things in books or cartoons or, yeah. hell, I feel it in the video game because yes. I don't feel like a villain when I'm playing a battle droid. No. And they have all of that, you know, fun dialogue where the, your tactical droids are saying, like, you know, basically you were born to die. They don't, I paraphrase, and there's like, yeah, yeah. throw yourself into battle. You were born for it or like, you know, come back to be, you know, mm. decommissioned. It almost just reminds you of the plight of the poor battle droid. So it's... <laughs> All of this juicy, interesting storytelling from yeah. the fact that it is a weird faction. Yeah. Good job, George. <laughs> good job, good job. George. <laughs> but good job, George. Seriously, you yeah. gave us something we didn't understand early on. Early yeah. On. So let's let's talk a little bit about the various motivations and reasons for being a separatist. Here's my pamphlet today. Reasons <laughs> for being a separatist. So you got uh, the people we don't get to spend a lot of time with, a uh, legitimate grievance with the Republic. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on a planet, and you're like, they're... Public's not helping us, and they expect stuff up from us. We don't want to be in this anymore. You got the corporate greed or just a desire for power from Mm -hmm. things like, you know, the techno union and the banking clan. Uh, And then you have Sith manipulation. We're just all in it for all of the various Sith reasons. So which of those is the most compelling to you for storytelling? To me, it's a legitimate grievance with the Republic, just like characters might have legitimate grievances with the Jedi or yeah. how to rebel. I think that special nowadays is just, it's, it's realistic. It is, uh, it, it is 
compelling like you you you, you ask here and, and just sometimes just just really fun to yeah. dive into different <laughs> you know what 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 did what tambor really think techno union sounds bad sounds like you know but is was he as bad as uh new gunray i don't know and so yeah. i get intrigued there uh the sis stuff uh, and the corporate greed yeah, it was driving a lot of phantom menace you, you always make the great joke about it, is that it's as, as if amazon had an army yeah and who knows maybe we're a couple years away from that i don't I, know they, they got <laughs> drones pretty soon here so yeah uh, i'm going to enlist in the Am- amazon uh, core so anyways that's my answer yes. yeah no I, I i agree i think the fact that they're so different is what makes uh, them compelling the sis stuff is always compelling but i think we've, we've got a lot of storytelling i'd be happy mm-hmm. for for more from dooku um the legitimate grievance with the republic is really interesting because it gets into you could have like lots of great tragic storytelling of if there wasn't such manipulation by Dooku, by Palpatine, mm. this probably could have been worked out. You know, we have all those Clone Wars stories where Padme and Bail Organa and other people are like mm. trying to negotiate one on one, and then you get Dooku stepping in and making sure that it, Dooku and Palpatine making sure right. that an agreement can't be, you know, that, that no one can see other people's sides and no one can right. fix what's broken in the Republic. Well, yeah, the, you mentioned the, the Mina Monteri stuff in Clone yeah. Wars is great. It's great if you're looking for Padme stuff, go to there, and and it's and it's Padme kind of upsetting Palpatine's apple cart a little bit, but yeah. also, you know, it, 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 what you just said, it's like please don't talk with the enemy. You know, maybe they aren't the enemy. Maybe Mina Monteri isn't because she wasn't at one point. You know, yeah. so that is that is it. And the Clone Wars, George and Filoni got to take their gloves off and really dive into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the corporate greed thing, I think, I, I do make that joke about Amazon. And, mm. and one of, the, I think, the uh, under-discussed things is the banking clan. Like, mm. that's mm-hmm. the money from the galaxy, right? That's the, yeah. the uh, what, what's the, the iron, the iron bank, bank and Robert. Yeah. That's the, like, yeah. that's the system of power. And I think what I like about it is it is this big, over-the-top, space fantasy of the yeah. Nemodians and their weird donut ships with their weird hats. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's one of those things like, it's really funny to think uh, an Amazon army until the second they have it. And then it is <laughs> yeah. terrifying. And this is prophetic. Yeah. And they're blocking and, California for, yeah. yeah. And it's not just, uh, Palpatine's like, I made some clones and I made some droids and they're both going right. to kill each other. And the Jedi would be in the middle. He's also like, and, I'll make sure that the government has every reason to control the Trade Federation, which controls hyperspace lanes, Mm. and I will control the banks so I can decide which planet gets money. Like, just how much it is a story of the actual, like, structure and function of power and controlling the means of power, the means of resource is fascinating to me. Which was clearly something George was always interested in. Yeah. And and that that infamous... uh, uh, yet fun prologue to the New Hope novel where it talks, it's from the Journal of Wills and all stuff, and, and it, it talks about Palpatine's rise, but it, it's a, it's definitely different. It's not super, super in canon because it, it almost seems like Palpatine's controlled by the people around him. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of, it's infamous in a way, but, but you can see where George's thoughts, there's this whole political thing, and I don't think on paper somewhere... Uh, Palpatine was always meant to be the emperor yeah. uh, in George's mind. He writes with pencil, but looking looking back now, going into the prequels, of course George was going to go down this way. Of how did Palpatine <laughs> rise to power? He didn't just say I am evil. 
Yeah. He, this is what he had to do. And these complicated, uh, nuanced, uh, at best, uh, political problems is how he would do it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, George was telling us all along this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So, so that's when I really roll up the sleeves and dive into it. I have a lot more fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And just going back to the power of Phantom Menace, of thinking like, yep, you know, that Amazon has representation in the Senate. <laughs> I just I've just finished the the Phantom Menace novel. I highly recommend people rereading that if you haven't. Twenty years ago is the last time I read it, and yeah, it's it really does stand out when they're like, and the senator from the Trade Federation. Yeah, right. Obviously, I've heard it in the movie. I've seen the scene. I get it. You and I have discussed it. Seen it in the written word. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Like imagine, like <laughs> you know, in in America, you are voting for like infrastructure repair and yeah. like. You know, Wyoming is like, please, we need some more. And like, well, let's hear the senator from Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, what? Why are they? They're clearly biased. There's no reason they. Yeah. Anyway. The representative from Google. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't. There's no reason Google would want it that way, is there? (laughs) Anyway. Clearly, there's a lot of storytelling because we can't stop talking about it. <laughs> so let's move on to some more of the kind of individual perspectives. So Dooku yeah. is one of the separatists that does have shape and getting more mm. shape as we get more storytelling. How much of Dooku's motivation do you think was disenfranchisement with the Jedi and the Republic? We heard a lot about that in Dooku Jedi Lost. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it is legitimately that versus Sith manipulation versus Palpatine truly instructing him in the ways of the dark side? I, I'm more confident to say that this really did begin with his problems with the Jedi and the Republic, and the Palpatine saw a great opportunity and to also not just have a, a powerful ally, but then use him himself. Whether or not whether or not Palpatine always thought he was watching Anakin that close, and then he was just waiting for the right time, and this is part of his plan. That's the great thing about Palpatine. You never know because he adjusts on the fly too, as yes, well as, and, as uh, so yeah, too. yes, exactly. Good improv teacher. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, Jedi Duke of Jedi lost. That, that's what Kevin Scott did so well of really bringing me to, to this, bringing the story to this logical point of, of Duke just going, man, not only do I know I have this family and lineage and legacy in this planet, they need help and you won't, you help. won't do anything. Yeah. I'm going this way. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I Fascinating. Think, yeah. I think it's part of the reason I really do want that next bit of the story. Yes, yes. Because Jedi lost was great to be, uh, okay, the Republic is messed up. The Jedi are messed up. They won't act they won't actually mm-hmm. do what is necessary but then i also just uh, when i see a- actual dooku in the clone wars animated series in the movies it's it, to me it is about like yeah that has become why you started but it's mm-hmm. not why you're doing it now like 100 percent, yeah, yeah because i i think i go back to you know original trilogy yoda and obi-wan saying things like you know once you start down the dark path it dominates your destiny mm-hmm. and i think it makes him this interesting figure and gives him this kind of sense of tragedy of like well, maybe you did have, you had this connection to dark side that we read about or listened to in Jedi Lost, but it was this like, no, nobody's doing anything. So I'm going to go out there and do things yeah. and make a difference uh, in having that be manipulated into, but now I'm just walking the path of the Sith and I just want more and more power and I don't care who I hurt. We even yeah. get that uh, that uh, inference from his sister toward the end. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. yeah, so I would love to see that story. Yeah, it goes to that, that great attack of the clone scenes we, we've talked about a lot here, but just like, yeah, he's a Sith, I think would destroy the Sith if it could get him more power, you know, and I yeah. believe it now, and it now just makes more sense. And I, and again, I, 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 you're right, I get Kevin Scott on more of it, or someone, but he, he handled it so well yeah. uh, with, with Dooku. Uh, and maybe maybe a book so I can not miss key moments when I'm out for a walk. <laughs> Um, that's my fault. User, user error, user error. But Dooku Sith found coming (laughs) soon. Uh, so we do get to see Dooku as the Sith. Do you want to see more of him as charming political leader 
whether it's in the early days where he was maybe mm. more le- little legitimate or in the full uh, uh, heart of the Clone Wars where he is pretending to be the charming political leader. I want those first conferences, man. Yeah. I want those first meetings at the Applebee's on Serrano. <laughs> Come on by and sit down, and I want to see him believing it because I believe, believe he believes it. And I think you're right. It's a lesson of here's what happens. I'll use the Stannis Baratheon example of you started at a relatively good spot and just let it consume you and you went down <laughs> the dark path and you made every mistake possible. Uh, and I think Duke is a little bit of a, a lesson. A lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Duke Jedi lost. He, he, he's got some dark side dances and obsessions, and fr- but he's not Sith. No, he is not. And so, yeah, I want to see those. Welcome to my name is Count Dooku. Yeah. Count Dave Dooku. Well, we've never got his first name, huh? Um, and here's my plan. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely uh, love to see him as the um, the charming political leader. I want to see the rousing speech, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on on Cassian's uh, home planet, you know. Yeah. Uh, to convince those people, you know, what? Whether or not it's when he's fully legitimate or whether it's the, like, just, um, I, I know why I'm doing this, but I need yeah. more people, so I'm going to come here and I'm going to promise you that, oh, this this <laughs> problem, you're, oh, you have gl- glaciers melting that the Republic won't let, yeah. you know, have any help come here? I can help you. you I want that. Help. You yeah. get some <laughs> And then it just makes sense. I don't think it's a great, you know, uh, I don't think it's a lot of challenge for Palpatine once he starts hearing him. Yeah. Oh, I'm hearing. Hey, let's meet for let's meet for lunch. Uh, let me talk about. Oh, yeah, I understand. You know, you've got some problems, but hey, yeah. What about this? You know you, who wants to help you? Yeah, the Trade Federation. You, you know, yeah, you they'll like, help you. You like dark capes? You know, like <laughs> it, it, it'd be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so we we want to talk a little bit about the people with the legitimate grievances. Do you think they were right to split away? Um, mm. but how how do you feel about that? I'll say, look, I'll say yes. I, 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 a lot of, especially the Bonteri stuff, it's been a little few months since I've seen that. And, yeah. And we don't know all of Cassian's story, but I will say yes. Uh, I, I still think, uh, um, I'd like to make it clear that even though the Jedi, there's a lot of, uh, you know, what the, the crumbles uh, and their foundations and all these things we talk about in the Republic, I, I still view them as, quote, the light side of the, of, the, of the story. So I don't completely throw them out. But all that also means, very realistically, there was mistakes and problems and things. The, 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 the Jedi kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah slavery's a thing. We got the boy. <laughs> I love that that's being dealt with. Um, so I'll say it's right. And also, clearly, the Bonteris weren't wearing dark capes themselves yeah. and ha- holding red lightsabers. So yeah, my answer is yes. Yeah. I don't want to ramble too much. <laughs> yes. Understandable. Yes. Yeah. I, I think if this is the kind of thing, if you wanted to really dive into, you know, give somebody like uh Zahn, who's a little bit more, uh, very technical and thoughtful man, yeah. give him a good juicy separatist novel and you get into, uh, whether, however you feel about it, sort of reflections of things like Brexit of like, is it always best is the best benefit from everybody working together or mm-hmm. is it better if you're part of some sort of large institution and it's no, no longer mm-hmm. working for you? Should you be able to peacefully step away and do your own thing? Right. At, at what point is it, are you cutting your own nose off to spite your face and in what situation right. are you saying being a part of the whole is no longer best for the one? Yeah. You know, and just lots of really interesting ideas about uh, 
larger picture things and practical things about yeah uni- being unified and being isolated be, and what's be, the difference being able to go beyond the, the the headline of of all right this is the big splashy headline what what what's the point for point what how do we deal with it and and you know using some real world examples and and maybe the the maybe you still after you get to the bottom of it it's not a good thing yeah. um but to get there to see these Characters in a space opera having that moment, I, you know. I know it's not a, a Disney Plus. The Bonteries yeah. probably not going to happen, but I, I, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, you and know. it's an interesting thing to 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 discuss too, because I want to be super clear of like I, I'm always interested in having Star Wars play around with ideas that you can attach to the real world if you want. If you want, yeah. But I think the true story in uh, uh, in Star Wars is like, well, if there are people who are like, oh, maybe California should secede, mm-hmm. and then. Oh, but then California is manipulated by the Sith. That's not a good right. thing. Yes, yeah. But we just talked about that first part where maybe some people are like, well, what if we did? Yeah. You know, how would that work? Well, mm-hmm. let's discuss it. Like, I yep. want to hear that part of the story before it clearly becomes a bad thing. Yes. When you yes. got through your Sith in there, yeah. it's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, any, anything, anything you're hoping for for Cassian while we're talking about this? Now that he's going to get his own show, do you want more of this? 100%. Perspective? I, absolutely. It's so intriguing. Uh, you know, I've barfed about that before, about that clone uh, or, or Rogue One novel. Just the fact that he'd have that perspective. I, I think it's so important to pay attention to other people's perspectives and just see where, where that leads them. And, and even then, sometimes he still might have to work with them. I, I'm fascinated that uh, Cassian would, would not trust the, the Guardians of the Wills because, you know, I remember the, the, the Jedi not doing great things from our point of view. And, yeah. and that is that point of view, is his point of view wrong? No, it's his point of view. So yeah. you have to listen to it. I, yeah, I hope the series, I think it would be, it would be a miss, not a big yeah. miss. I won't say that. be a miss if we didn't touch on that. Wouldn't it be great if they got Jimmy Smith's in his oh, bail, and you could wow. just have that straight up conversation where, mm-hmm. from Cassian's perspective, is like, "Look, this is what oh, my family yeah. knew. This is what my planet knew. We always knew that the Republic was going in this direction." And have Bail say, "Like, no, no, please." From the inside, there were so many of us who fought to keep it the good thing it mm-hmm. was. In the Emperor, the Emperor is awful. He's evil. He's not something you even understand what he is. That's not what happened. Right. And be able to just have two characters that we like. Yeah. You know, see one another's point of view and see how it changes. That would be great. I tell you what, points you, you're coming hot out of Minnesota, <laughs> here, buddy. Uh, I hadn't even real. I've, I've talked about um, Cassian and, and Saw Gerrera, Cassian and, and Infus Nest, yeah. and, and going into the underworld. And there's a lot of things, and I hope that all happens because I, I love all that. But but could you, having that intense scene that you're talking about and having the space. And, and and less movie pressure, have it on a TV series or a streaming series on Disney Plus. Casting Andor in a room with, with Bail Organa, played by Jimmy Smith, and Genevieve O'Reilly's Mon 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 Mon, yeah. and having room to breathe, throwing Draven in there again, get, yeah. get, I, get, get uh, uh, Ian McElhenney back to do <laughs> Dodonna and give him more yeah. than one line. That is an intriguing conversation. Yeah, that would be really interesting. So hey. you've told us. Give him more. Um <laughs> I would, uh, gosh, you're, you see, this is, I uh, know it's disrespect to Mandalorian. I, I'm excited for Mandalorian, but I'm really excited for, yeah. Cassian has a lot of potential to play with some you're, you're, un- underserved parts of the story. Joseph, you're creating expectations in me <laughs> that I can't manage right now. All right. We will respect that <laughs> responsibly. I'll assume none of that's going to happen, but it'd be fun. Uh, let's move on to Grievous. So Grievous is interesting to me because he's really tucked in there, uh, just slashing through the galaxy without a motivation yeah. to be found. <laughs> so obviously he's manipulated by Dooku in some way, one would imagine. And again, I know this was all covered in expanded universe. Mm. We're talking about modern canon where it's 
open for reinterpretation. Um, but he's there as the leader of the droid army, so he's a real symbol mm-hmm. of the separatists, but clearly a bad guy from our sort of audience perspective. Right. What do you what do you think his motivation should be? Do you think they're just personal? Do you think they're political? Do you think General Grievous ever sits around going, "Yeah, the Republic's failing"? <laughs> <laughs> the Republic is failing. I, you know what? I've talked about before how I consider Grievous my potentially my most disappointing Star Wars character because I think there's great potential there. Yeah. By the way, I love playing with him. Oh, I did not. I only great. recently got my first chance playing with him. Love playing with Grievous in Battlefront 2. Separate conversation. Um, I know there has been a change. I, I got the sense, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't read all the EU stuff, obviously, but I, I remember the, the Revenge of the Sith novel, all the stuff around there about he was unleashed in the catacombs, and it was more of a he was manipulated, he was trapped, he was a powerful warrior that they crashed, and and oh, we'll, we'll keep you alive, and there was some pain and tragedy to it. Maybe yeah. that's still there. Now I get the sense it is more of a it's treated as a, he was a powerful warrior who wanted to be more powerful, yeah. uh, which is itself a powerful lesson of how much you give up your humanity. It's also a look at what would eventually happen to Vader and Anakin. Get all that. I would like it to be, I, I don't mean this in a wagging the finger, but like we got our Dooku stories. Give me a little more with Grievous. Yeah. Give me a comic book, five series, a five issue series that goes into his, uh, his agenda. Cause you're right. I don't think it's political. I think it's power. Intrig- and that's intriguing, but I want it on paper. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, he, he seems to me is like a, a blunt tool and a just a being who either hates or has something to prove by destroying yeah. Jedi. Because his thing kind of seems about, well, in general, he's all about, you know, victory yeah. and dominance. But he seems to really be like, eh, man, I hate them Jedi. It, yeah, it's as if uh, he's a powerful Kalish uh, warrior who keeps losing battles with Jedi and it's like, I've got a, I'm obsessed with beating him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, I think in meetings, he's probably like, I don't care about the politics. And he got, <laughs> there be any Jedi there? <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. That's all he cares about. I have not read, uh, the age of Republic comics yet. Are you all caught up on, I, on them? Yes. And the grievous one, uh, gosh, yeah, it's good. I'm trying but to, but it didn't add, uh, I guess what I'm, yeah. I'm, is we're talking, I'm, I'm going through and like, I'm right. wanting to double check that there's not like, no, that, that comic isn't like. By the way, here's Grievous's motivation. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's of comics, and I have a stack sitting over there right now. <laughs> um, and Jody Hauser wrote that one, yep. I believe, and it's great. And and I do remember closing a book and going, "Great, I love that." But I don't think I don't think she could give that answer yet. You know, it's, yeah, it's probably part of a bigger story. Uh, but it's definitely good, and you should check it out. Awesome, cool. Uh, so we are now moving into our just kind of geeking out uh, a little bit about the various characters. Let's talk about the Geonosians, because they are another large face of the Separatists, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're present for the first big mm-hmm. battle of the Clone Wars. They're building a lot of the ships and tech, and uh, the battle droids allegedly uh, look that way because they're based on right, yeah. Geonosian body type. So I want to just ask in general if you like the Geonosians, and then specifically, why do you think Poggle threw in with the Separatists, motivation-wise? <laughs> That's a great, that is a great question. Um I do like the Geonosians more now. And I was indifferent to them before and thought Poggle the Lesser was a silly name. And then that silly name became one of my most favorite names in Star <laughs> yeah. Wars, which is why I also own Spice Girl albums. I hate them. I now own all their stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so why? I do like Why? I think it's it could be not power in a, in a classic sense, in a classic Star Wars sense, like we just talked about with Grievous, but just kind of like... Not the highest bidder. I don't think the Republic, maybe the Republic could have come in and say, hey, we want to build this. Could you pay for it? 
but just that it's a little bit of business and these are good clients and they treat me well and I'm going to stay loyal to them and also maybe keep me out of like I don't want the Gene Oceans being part of like I'm uh, you know what I mean like yeah isolationism a little bit and we don't want to be part of the republic we see that with a lot of planets yeah. who are not fighting they're just like eh, we don't want to we're that yeah. we're good thanks so I don't know I, I, I don't know if I'm off base on their thinking of the diabolical pog of the lesser. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I just think it was kind of, uh, to me, I take it as business. Yeah. I, yeah, I've always loved the Gene Oceans. I love their design. I love their their uh, different blasters. Uh, I love oh, yeah. Pog of the Lesser's weird clicky noises. Love it. I love that they're this weird kind of hive species, but also uh, very technologically advanced. It's a great mashup. Mm. Um yeah, and I, I kind of I like the idea that Geonosians would be the kind of society that could see the Republic as trying to make everyone fit the way they want it to be. Like mm-hmm. the Geonosians seem like in some ways, like look, we have our culture, we have fighting pits, yeah, uh, we have queens who hide underground and birth us, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that that seems, and we're like sort of this hive community seems like a kind of community that would be like we do things our way, yeah. and that is it. So yeah. it could be that sort of ideological perspective. And then there is just like, hey, if there's a war, <laughs> these guys are going to buy a lot more battle droids. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. a little remind me a little bit of a free city in Essos if we're talking Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So going back to your uh, initial reaction about yeah. the Separatists, the Trade Federation and our, our classic lead Nemodians, you got your Newt Gunray, your Ruin Heiko, your Dolte Dauphine. <laughs> How do you feel about the Trade Federation and the Modians as part of the Separatists as all these years have passed? Uh, I guess positive. And, and you know, yeah, let's see. There's some problematic elements to where they were presented. I get that. And you know, I, I don't get that. I got that in 1999. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, in yeah. the, in the first screen. And I went, like, Oh, Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, let's uh, set that aside for the sake of conversation. Uh, I do, I'm interested in the Nemodians, interested in, to know more simply because, in Revenge of the Sith, when is it, is it Gunray or Runhako that's screaming at Anakin, but Sidious promised us peace. That doesn't absolve any of their yeah. crimes to me. But it just is like, okay, what at what point did they not see their own sins, but also still kind of believe in some false ideals they were sold to by Palpatine? And then that becomes interesting to me more than um, an Amazon army blocking Naboo. Because right. it, it's, it's a little paper thin in Phantom Menace for me. Okay. Uh, overall, the picture of the politics is interesting. But but I'm still, still kind of like, I get it, but it was like, you know, why are they, why are they, why are they mad at Naboo? <laughs> like, okay, you know, like yeah. when I was watching it, you know? Um, so anyways, overall positive, uh, as part of the bigger picture. Yeah. But I'd like other separatists like Paul the lesser better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would second a lot of things you said, in, including the acknowledgement that there are definitely some prom- problematic, uh, uh, elements of the Nemodians. Mm. I like them as a, just a picture of uh, the trade federation in particular is a picture of just rampant greed Mm -hmm. to the point of making those incredibly dumb decisions. Like you have to imagine that trade Federation is already quite wealthy. There's that great throwaway line in the, in Dooku Jedi lost about how the trade Federation is helping the galaxy expand in like making more hyperspace lines into connecting people like who haven't been connected. Yeah. yeah, Nice that you're connected so we can sell you things. Yeah. You know, so we can make more money. So that idea of them is the absolute face of greed to the point where, they make contact with some shadowy dude who's mm-hmm. literally shadowy and like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. by the way, if you could just 
blockade this planet. I'll smooth it all out. I will make it legal. Yeah. Uh, and they're so thinking like, yes, we'll get more power. Our profit margins will add up this much more. If we do this, not wise thing. And then even taking it like, okay, that was great. Uh, we've done a couple little things like this. Uh, we're going to go to a full-on war. Yeah. Might disrupt your sales. Yeah. <laughs> your, yeah. uh, you're shipping a little bit to have constant war. But when it's all over, yeah. a nice, unified, prosperous uh, place that wants to buy and sell and get lots yeah. of shipping and trading done. Uh, so yeah, and they just they buy it right up until the second Anakin's blade comes <laughs> flying him. down. Yeah, uh, a, a weird. Exa- like I'm just thinking of like the first horrible bosses where all these like simple-minded like doofy dudes try to do horrible things and they go seek out a shady dude in a bar, Jamie Fox <laughs> It's like what what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, and you know when the, the first conversation with you know Sidious, you need help. Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy looks good. I don't know. Like, what did you think you were doing? So even if you had some, even if you were generally a good intentioned organization, you chose to go pay $500,000 to get your kid on the water polo team or whatever. So, yes. uh, Great point. Great face of greed. Characters of greed. Uh, We already talked a little bit about uh, some of our other favorites on the council, but uh, you got your Sandhill and the Banking Clan. You got your Noto, Wat Tambor and the Techno Union, uh, the Greasy (laughs) (laughs) Paso Argente. Uh, Who is your favorite? Is it still... What tambor? It is because yeah. how many years have I gone? The techno union, yeah. I, yeah. So it's such great design because it's so in a tech in a movie called Attack of the Clones. We have literally a 1950s sci-fi robot. Yeah, it has to dial his voice in. Go for it, George. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah. picking up the Beatles on my braces. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or as Hamill always says, "Oh, I got the stones." Um, Sand Hill's interesting to me too. Yeah, I do like the banking clan. Yeah, Watt Tambor design wise is great. Sand Hill in uh, the banking clan is a like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, I think an under dis, uh, discussed part of this separate story. Yeah. Now, uh, as we're beginning to wrap up, we're going to dive into specific characters just in terms of like their aesthetics and are they awesome or not. Uh, the battle droids. How do you feel about the battle droids at this point? You're playing Battlefront Two. You're being a battle droid more often. Um. I love the look. I love the feel. I love uh, even just the trailer Phantom Menace when they all get uh, dropped out of uh, the, tr- the the carriers on on the MTT uh, yeah. Naboo. Uh, I love that shot. Love that. I loved it then. Loved it after my eighth view, and I love it now. Yeah. Uh, Roger Roger absolutely uh, affected me. I did not enjoy that <laughs> in 1999. But soon again, like a lot of things, yeah. becomes a fun shared joke. Yeah. I, you know, worked in the security industry for a very long time. There was a couple months in the summer of 1999 where uh, we would all answer each other on the radio, Roger, Roger. And it was just (laughs) fun. Yeah. And so my immediate what became, that's funny. So I do like them. Uh, I do. uh, And Mr. Bones helped me uh, love them a little more. Yeah. There's there's been a lot of great uh, battle droid and reclamation projects. You got Mr. Bones, the Aftermath Trilogy and the uh, Lego series, the Freemaker Adventures. There was Roger, Mm. you know, who had that great scene of uh, sharing all the video of the way different Jedi had cut him apart. (laughs) <laughs> to teach Jedi fighting styles. This I must see. I started to really like them because of that sadness. I just feel such sympathy for them of just like, mm. just like the clones were sort of born to die. They're born to die too. And they have this weird 
not aggressive, not very military personality. Right. Like the way they like in uh, Battlefront Two, you know, they put down you're an officer, you put down your turret, and they say, yeah. "Good luck, turret." <laughs> and you can look at it and go, "That's dopey." But if you look at it and really go, "Like, what does this really mean?" It's like, yeah, these things are built for war, but they weren't really programmed <laughs> for it, and it makes this very interesting, yeah. sympathetic character to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you got all the battle droid variants. You got your droidicas, your mm-hmm. B2 super battle droid. You got the commando droid, the tactical droid, all sorts of droids. Do you have a favorite out of these more menacing version of Separatist droids? Uh, always enjoy the, the destroyer droids, the droidicas. Uh, just the great design. Love the look of it. The kind of insect, so, insect, yeah. insect-like look to it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try today. Um <laughs> Which fits into the Geonosians connection of, yeah. of hey, yeah, we, we we got some weird uh, lizard things behind us. We'll make them uh, killer droids. Uh, I like that a lot. I do. I've grown to like the commando droids. I didn't like them first. Uh, I actually don't like the super battle droids too much. Not my favorite design. It's kind of big and chunky. Yeah, comical. Yeah, know. yeah. To me, I, I it felt like back in the day, and I could be wrong, that there is criticism of the battle B one battle droids being too comical. Mm-hmm. And the B2 is almost a overcorrection. You're like, right. oh, we'll make them really chunky. It, it fits into the 50s sci-fi motif as well. It does, too. It does. It fits the yeah. actual yeah design aesthetic and all yeah. that. And it, it fits the narrative of like, yep, mm-hmm. we need more and bigger yeah. and more expensive. I love the commando droid. I love the weird yeah. spidery movements. And I love that narrative of like, like the, the B1s are just the absolute junk. They're the right. tin cans, you know, right. and we can only afford so many top of the line models. Yeah. You know, like commando droid. And I love playing the commando droid on battlefront as well. Uh, and then we also don't talk about as much. We have all the very, very different from one another ships and tanks that make up mm-hmm. the separatists. You got your, uh, vulture droid, hyena bomber, tri fighter, spider droid, hail fire droid. You got your buzz droids, mm-hmm. <laughs> missiles that mm-hmm. are droids, <laughs> Anything that can be a droid is a droid. <laughs> a droid. Uh, out of all these, which one do you like? And do you like how different they are? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I think I, I would choose the Tri-Fighter um, only because I thought it was really interesting that when I first saw them, whether it be the trailer, I can't remember if that clones, I don't know. But when I saw them, I, I imagined some somehow imagined a battle droid in them, yeah. flying them, and then when it was like, oh, they are droids themselves. I was like, oh, I'm told that's yeah, great. And and when the, uh, yeah, that's yeah. So I, I like the tri fighters. I like the look of them. I, li- I like the hyena bombers too. Uh, the vulture. I, I, I do. I do like them. But uh, tri fighters are just sleek. Yeah, I love the shot in Phantom Menace of the vulture droids, kind of looking like they're almost walking on their little feet. Yes, and they. Then they're going to go fly in space. And it was at the time. It was like, what? Yeah. Now we've had Battlestar Galactica that did a similar thing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Design-wise, I just love this spider droid. Mm. Spider droid looks so weird and cool and creepy and just like, let's put a cannon on legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of 1950s motif. Yeah. You know. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's a part of me sometimes that feels like, well, maybe this is one of the reasons that people that the separatist faction doesn't gel because it doesn't have there's to me, there's something about like X wings, Y wings, a wings. I don't know why they feel more unified than all of these various different things, but they do a hundred percent agree with you on that. Even when I play, you know, play battlefront too. And yeah, we use it as example up just because I, I think battlefront games, including the old ones are, are responsible for maybe you liking things and scenes and, and locations more, including, including the battle droids. It's fun to play. Um, 
so, but yeah, when I say do starfighter assault, it just seems you aren't just choosing what to fly. You're choosing what to be because they are yeah. droids, but like a hellfire droid. You don't get to really control one of those in the game to my knowledge. Right. Um, it's like that's your, could you imagine being a droid? That's just a rocket launcher on wheels. <laughs> you're and, a rolling. Yeah. What, rocket what launcher. What do you do during the day? You, of course you want to <laughs> fight. You probably got battle droids coming up to you and like, you can't do anything. Uh, yeah. So yes, I know exactly. I can't put my finger on, but I know what you mean. Okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think it is a, one of those good pieces of storytelling where they, it shows you how this is a lot of different ideas coming together and that's a visual representation of it. And it's one of the things that uh, makes us need to really work to make sure that we are spending some time celebrating the separatists. Right. Final question. If we're going to get more separatist stories, what would you like them to be? I mean, I definitely want a continu- continuation of what we were talking about with Dooku, a Dooku ch- a Sith found, as you say, and the, the, I, I joke, but those first, first, first meetings of Dooku gathering around some folks, I really do want that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe as a bonus, I don't know, I, I don't completely need it, but just after the switch to the Galactic Empire, were there still some remnants that... Yes, that makes sense. You could say, they, hey, they became the Rebellion, but were some of these specific... Was there anyone in the techno union going, I think it, oh, yeah. Tambor never came back. Yeah, did yeah did Bat Sambor, his cousin, <laughs> go like, hey, we got screwed. Yeah, 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 yeah. that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, I need to read the uh, Age of Republic comics because I know there's uh, some good stuff in there about the Separatists, but I think the thing that really grab, would grab me is some sort of Lost Stars for the Separatists, <laughs> right? I love that. Where you could see yeah. from somebody's perspective, like a Cassian-type yeah. character, how did this start? How was the Republic letting them down? Did yeah. the planet maybe make some rash decisions? But, oh, here's Dooku. Get to see him at the big speech. He's so charming. He's so yeah. right. Grievous, what is that? This is scary. We're in a war now? Yeah. <laughs> Am I okay with this? Like, yeah. You know, going through the whole uh, vi- vision of what it means to be a Separatist. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, that is our look. That was a deep dive on the Separatists, and I really enjoyed that <laughs> conversation there. Uh, a lot more probably even to talk about it, uh, including vehicles, you know? We can <laughs> talk about those steps. Uh, a lot more there, a lot more, thankfully, to come. It seems so the Clone Wars era is a shared interest for a lot of people in uh, and around Star Wars, those who root for it, watch watch it, and create it. So hopefully more of that is coming there. Thank you, Joseph, yeah. for taking us through. If you have any thoughts about that, we'll tell you where to reach out later. Right now we got some audience questions. We love to do this, and we got our first one here from Jose Campos. Jose says, uh, uh, hey, if you could have dinner with three Star Wars characters, not the actors, but the actual characters, who and why? His list is Chewie, the mighty Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, and Sally B. Salacious <laughs> B. Crumb. That is an interesting dinner party, Jose. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, you got a list here? Yeah, I have to go with some classics, so I'd have to say Obi-Wan Kenobi for sure. Oh, yeah. Number one choice for just about anything. Like uh, a barbecue outside? or <laughs> Oh, I want to be inside. I want to go to uh, the fair bar, enough. right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And then I got to go Leia, because I think Leia would have so many insights mm. and it would be so, so super funny. Yeah. I apologize. My voice is acting up on me for some reason. Uh, after yeah, four I, days at a con. Four days at a con yeah. and, you know, <laughs> uh, six hours of karaoke. That'll do that to you. Um, and then to round out Obi-Wan Leia, I need to meet Lulilo Primak, or that weirdo as I call him. Yes. That vocabulator scene. See, I don't know if he knows a uh, basic, but, yeah, you know, get a real picture of the galaxy from uh, a Jedi uh, a huh. politician and then an entertainer. And then <laughs> like it, that's, Lilo Primark. That's a great list. That's a great <laughs> list. Uh, I I gravitate towards Lando, though I 
Number one, he Ooh, seemed to have a good yeah. dinner party prepared until Vader crashed it. Um, I wonder sometimes if he dominate the conversation, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay sometimes if I'm going to eat my soup, you talk. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I, I'd be good with that. Uh, I, I think, uh, so I'll say Lando, gosh, yeah, Leia's a good choice too, but I, I kind of kind of want to go uh, in, in uh, the direction of, Tarkin. Ooh, so you get Lando yeah. and Tarkin, and that, Tarkin's going to bring some tension to it, <laughs> but probably, I bet if you get him talking, he might be okay. I, I'm thinking of, the reason I'm thinking of it is, uh, you know, I love Tywin Lannister and Game of Thrones, but that season two stuff where he's actually kind of being nice to Arya and some of the it's very tension filled, but it's just like a little side to him. But lets his guard down a little bit just and almost tries to be yeah. paternal and share some wisdom yeah. and maybe says just a little bit more than he should. Yeah. That's Beautiful. what I want out of Tarkin yeah. at a dinner with Lando, um, which then means I would need a, a third and, and it might be it. it, it I was, I was going to say Dryden Voss, but then we'd have a big fight <laughs> just because he brings a certain class to it. But then that's, 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 that's maybe where I'd go, uh, like a like a uh, a Qui Gon, someone there to just kind of say grace, cut the meal uh, with a lightsaber, like carve the turkey, and just kind of not dominate and kind of be able to engage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because we've got to see Qui Gon at dinner, and he's yeah. uh, he's pretty great. And he's he, like he's oh, charming. Yeah, he has just yeah. lots of little observations. Yeah. Oh, pod races, they have those on Malastar. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what, what I have I to add. Very Weird fast. hodgepodge, the good, the bad, and the in the middle. <laughs> Thank you, Jose. Uh, Joshua Thorne says, uh, one of the things I love about the Phantom Menace is the spoiler alert plot twist that Natalie Portman was the princess of Naboo through multiple disguises. Also love that in new canon, we're starting to figure out exactly who knew uh, who the real Padme was all along. Forgive me if I already know this, but was Palpatine ever aware that Padme was hiding her identity? So I was, tr- I was trying to think of this <clears> too. Yeah. What do you, in some, well, there's new information unfolding yeah. with Master and Apprentice and the Padme novel. Yeah, I feel like most of the scenes, I, I could be forgetting something, of course, but where Palpatine is directly interacting with Amidala, it is Padme. Right. So we don't have scenes of uh, Palpatine. Uh, Palpatine doing it? Uh, I, being, uh, excuse me. Yeah, no. T- uh, no. Actively duped. <laughs> actively singing. I hope the song was good. Uh, no, don't apologize for that, man. You had a lot of fun. If you need to get some more water, too, uh, do yes, that. Yes, I will water away. Water away. Um, I, I, I still, I, I wonder, Joshua, if the question is uh, that uh, Panaka kept a lot of that stuff from not just Palpatine, but anyone uh, outside of the inner circle that they had to for their protective needs. So I, I, I think he did not know. And then what you're saying, I believe is correct of like when it was really, 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 really important, it needed to be Padme. It was Padme. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think it dovetails with the general story of Phantom Menace that mm-hmm. Padme keeps doing things that he doesn't expect her to do. Right. Like he literally says the line, this is unexpected. of <laughs> Yeah. Like, so I think it actually dovetails well with the story that she mm-hmm. manages to get one up on Palpatine, yeah. who, uh, you know, allegedly always knows what's going on. He doesn't when, yeah. when he's faced with uh, Padme. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I love that we're still getting some of those answers. And again, rereading that Phantom Menace novel, uh, you get the sense that uh, who didn't, know and who might have known and but even then it kind of changes over awesome. time uh from patreon we take a couple questions from our patreon supporters alex lloyd uh says C- c3po k2so bb8 if you had your own droid and could choose its designation what would it be so in prepping for this i i went uh, 
probably too egocentric. Guess I'm in <laughs> entertainment. I went with uh, Kazak. Uh, it would be called Kazak. So KZ0K. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you made your own droid. You made droid yeah. you. It's a, one of my yeah. nick, one of my nicknames is uh, my some of my friends call me Kenzok. So oh, my nice. old, older work buddies. So K Kzok, KZ zero K. Yeah. Oh, I could. Yeah, I yeah, I could do it like J O dash seven F. So it sounds kind of like just <laughs> maybe <laughs> looks like a J. Who knows? Uh, but I just came up with a dumb joke. I, I like the the uh, weird three two seven number that pops up in Star Wars all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I just went mature immature with it. Uh, so my droid is named AF three two seven. Love that. <laughs> AF Effie. Uh, final one here from Laura Martin. What Star Wars crossover would make an entertaining miniseries on Disney? Plus, the Doctor helping Finn rescue Rey from Starkiller Base. The life of Luke Skywalker as he grows up in Winterfell. Let's cross over some fandoms, Joseph. What do you want to see on Disney Plus? Man, this is already a, a, a great question from Laura with dark implications that Disney is going to also get the rights to Doctor <laughs> Who and Game of, Thrones, Game of Thrones when they take over the entire world. Yeah. Uh, big, big Doctor fan. Mm. Uh, you know... Doctor Who fan, and, and I really like imagining, uh, for Doctor Who fans will understand, it's the 12th Doctor mm. on the Millennium Falcon. Ooh. The Falcon really uh, shares some characteristics of the TARDIS of, like, it doesn't look like much, mm. it breaks down a lot, but it's got it where it counts. And the 12th oh, Doctor can be very cranky. Yeah. Uh, it would be great to see him yeah. fighting, basically, with uh, L337. <laughs> love that. Uh, love that. That's a good series. I got, I got two. I got two. I'll cheat a little bit here. Um, I want first one. I want uh, Ray to slip through a wormhole and end up with Arya Stark on a mission to go west of west. Oh, yeah. Maybe along the way they get some adventures. Maybe they fall in love. I don't care. They're on a ship trying to explore this world. Nice. Uh, And then since you mentioned the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, big fan of that, you know. Kara Thrace, uh, you know, Starbuck disappeared for a while. Oh, yeah. And this is like a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. In a galaxy far, far away. Is she an angel? (laughs) Are you an angel? Um, I want her to suddenly, boom, reemerge, and she's helping the resistance uh, after the Battle of Crate. Oh, yeah. She would kill it in an A-Wing. Yes. Yes. I have one more uh, obscure one. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, let, not a super obscure. Anyway, uh, the uh, Twin Peaks uh, Hell Dimension, the Black Lodge. Uh-huh. Everybody knows the uh, the red curtains and the right. chevron floor. I would really like to see a scene where Palpatine is, uh, you know, reaching out and discovering all of the various dark side powers all across the galaxy. And oh, Palpatine yeah. goes to the Black Lodge because then basically you just get to see David Lynch direct Ian McDermott to do weird things in front of a red curtain. <laughs> Who would not want that? Which was what we were supposed to get anyways when we turned the Jedi, right? <laughs> exactly. The prophecy fulfilled. <laughs> I love that. Laura, that is a great question. Uh, Alex, great question. Joshua, Jose, thank you for your great questions as well. We love hearing from all of you. Uh, we'll tell you where you can reach out a little bit later here. Power of the Light Side segment. Joseph, uh, we need uh, those on Patreon who are eligible for this to check those inboxes. That's yeah? right. And I will do uh, I will do some different invitations here now that I'm back and ready to focus on Four Center. Yeah, we understand, though. I, I'll tell you what, even from the Knapsack Files Patreon, you have the Obsessed with Joseph Scrumshaw Patreon. I... Sometimes you're even if you support, you just aren't active on Patreon because yeah. it's you know it's a little bit different. So check those inboxes. We get it. Uh, as we get on out of here, we can tell you where to reach us. You can follow us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use the hashtag Four Center. Join any conversations. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. FourCenterPod.Podomatic.Net is our website. We have merch on tpublic.com/user/slash/FourCenter. Tweet us your merch.
merch picks and we'll reshare them, especially if you're at a convention or down there in San Diego Comic-Con. Get a shirt to represent. Podcasts available in a lot of places, including our home, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and don't forget on YouTube, our animated data bank brawl is still up there, and those in memoriams are coming. Uh, me and Kev Smets are working on them. Probably going to be after Comic-Con. He's got a big Schmodown match coming up there, and he's studying for that, and I'm getting ready to travel down there for a little bit. So uh, we're working on those together. All right. Uh, don't forget Patreon. We keep mentioning it, but, Joseph, that's where we appreciate uh, the support that comes our way. That's right. We're uh, building to new goals. We're getting uh, uh, closer and closer, and then sometimes a little step back, and then closer again. <laughs> That is the nature of Patreon, uh, to getting new theme music for Star Wars Ranked, which would be so exciting. Uh, I've worked with Tony Thaxton to help uh, develop uh, music for shows, and I'm so yeah. excited to have Ken work with Tony Thaxton to yeah. say, what new music is perfect for Star Wars Ranked? I want to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so if you'd like to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash force center. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. So uh, make that happen. We're all, almost out of here, but we got our own things going on. Joseph, you just did a lot, but you are not done. Nope. Got more stuff coming up. I'll be in Dragon Con. I'll be doing a fun panel that I think I'll be able to announce soon with uh, Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained and all Ooh. sorts of comedy adventures. Uh, the latest Obsessed is all about writing. Uh, my wife, Sarah, interviewed me. So if you want to check that out, you can. And of course, uh, always following me on Instagram and Twitter is greatly appreciated. I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw and all my other adventures are on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Absolutely. I will be down at San Diego Comic Con July 18th. It's not part of the convention. You can go catch the comedy show. Mark Ellis and Friends, 730 and 930 shows Thursday, July 18th. I'm co-hosting the first one. Looks like I'll be doing a full set on the second one. Uh, live movie trivia, Schmodown. You still get tickets there. Go to schmodownlive.com for that. That's Saturday night. You, don't have to have, you do not have to have a con pass to attend. It is outside of the Joan B. Rock, uh, theater. Go to kidnapsuck.com for all my stuff, including my book, Why We Love Star Wars, and all the other shows I do, including Game of Thrones talk, in case you can't tell. I do like that world as well. We're out of here. A lot of fun. Great talk today. Joseph's going to rest his voice, and we'll be back next week here on Force Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.